Welcome to the Video Tourism Podcast, and I'm Kuju Benson Williams. The Video Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode, the CEO of Aptamen Partners, Aran Hanandowala, dives deep into a series of reports released by her outfit underscoring the need to make women empowerment a business imperative to sustain the growth and promotion of women in the tourism industry. Yes, I mean, we, we're going to start now. If you can, you know, for the purposes of my uh, listeners, you can introduce yourself and you know, tell us what your company does and yourself. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. My name is uh, Aradna Kowala. I am CEO and founder of um, an organization which is a private client advisory called Aptamind Partners. Um, so you see, my earlier career was spent in very large corporations. And I kind of always felt restricted by what you can do, what you can say, and the overall mandate in general, which I felt was very cookie cutter at the time. Um, and it was especially frustrating because my vision for travel and tourism is one that empowers women, changes social cultural narratives, and spurs policymakers to action. What we call tourism as a force for good, right? So yeah. Aptamind was founded with a mission to close that gap and be that truly independent voice who will speak about topics that matter, including the uncomfortable ones. We, um, like I said, are a private consulting practice. We have no political links and we're not answerable to any stakeholders or paid members. So in short, a strategy consulting practice that helps le leaders stay competitive. But I guess we like to think of ourselves as part crusaders, part activists, part storytellers and part doers who actually demonstrate how tourism can really be a force for good. And we operate at the nexus of climate resilience, engaging local communities, and putting gender equality at the forefront of any destination strategy. So we do this with a really rigorous lens of impact. And we're very fortunate, I think, that we um, we can take on work we really, really believe in, and we can choose to work with leaders who resonate our vision to really unleash the full potential of tourism as a change agent. Okay, now, uh, great. Again, I mean, uh, you know, having spent, uh, you know, large part of your time, you know, in, in, in corporate and the tourism industry, and we know that with the tourism industry, over 54% over of the workforce are women. Uh, what is the status of women in terms of leadership and where we are now uh, from your perspective and from what you've been doing? Sure. Uh, so we have some fascinating findings in the two reports that we've published this year. Um, and we have done two former editions in 2020 and 2021. So first finding was, you know, our real problem is not recruiting women in travel and tourism. The problem is that those in employment are likely to be concentrated in lower status and lower paid jobs. So our battle is twofold. One, we need to get more girls to join the sector. But two, we also need to bring them to leadership positions or elevate them. The second finding was uh, a, look, a lot of organizations are working on really promising solutions and they've taken significant steps to generally focus on gender diversity. But it has not resulted in accelerating gender diversity into a collective cohesive movement that is making a difference at scale. 
So what we did is, um, as you know, we looked at the largest publicly listed companies. Now, these companies have operations in 100 plus, 130 countries plus. They employ millions and have a market cap of trillions of dollars. And what we found was there's actually enough talent coming through the pipeline. But the glass ceiling is very real. So let's take an example of hotels, right? We start with 50% women in the workforce, which drops to 42% by the time they get to mid-management. 33% women in senior management. At C-suite, it's only one in five execs, so that's 20%. And at the top spot, which is the CEO, it's only 7%. And Kojo, the interesting thing is it's not just today. This has been a flat line for over the last two decades. The third finding I think which is interesting is progress is not equal across industries and there are sector specific issues. Like for instance, the cruise industry's big struggle is to recruit women across the entire workforce. In, in sharp contrast, we have the online travel agent sector where the majority of women, actually 56% are women, but the problem for them is going past the C-suite where we only have 16% women. Um, and I guess if there is one thing which is common across every sector of travel and tourism, there is a sharp drop in female representation once you hit the C-suite and above. Now, what 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 uh, in the solution are you proposing or you've been advocating for uh, in terms of the works that you've been doing uh, with uh, uh, you know multinational companies, with associations, are you uh, proposing any you know particular solutions that you believe that can mitigate the problem? Sure. Look, gender equality specifically has never been higher on the agenda of many companies, and we've made great strides. Uh, but my point is, sometimes good intentions are not good enough, right? Because we don't only need a change in numbers; we need a change in mindset. And we yes. need a change in associated behavior and we need a change in corporate culture if we really want to achieve true gender parity. I always say change and excellence sometimes requires a shakeup. <laughs> and I mean a yes, big yeah. shakeup. Yes. Um, so there are a few things that can be done. We need more accountability and investment, right? I always say money talks and bullshit walks. So let's see real <laughs> like investment. <that. laughs> um, let's see real investment. If we want to support gender diversity and inclusion, we need access to finance. We need other resources for women entrepreneurs. And you know, such a big part of our sector are small, medium enterprises, small, medium micro enterprises, and they're all women owned, right? And I'm also talking radical steps Kojo like how about linking the CEO performance bonus to how diverse your talent pipeline is I bet you we will see a lot of change if we do that um, the next thing I think we also need to pair bold thinking with big visible commitments right um, I'm talking the big this is not rocket science it's like maternity and paternity leave accessible childcare, better training I mean let's take gender pay gap women in most countries earn on an average, only 60 to 75% of men's wages. How is that okay, right? In which world? And the final thing is um, where we are hoping to contribute, we need universal standards for measuring and monitoring uh, gender diversity. This will make it understandable for everyone, but also over time, we can track the business benefits of gender diversity, right? Look, how does it work in business? When one part of your business is not working, you review, you measure, you diagnose, you change the people, you change the targets and the process, and you fix it. We need the same measurement and action to fix diversity and inclusion in travel and, tr travel and tourism. If your company does not have a strong pipeline of female candidates, 
fix it, right? Start early, implement initiatives. Leaders are not born, they're made. My point, I guess, is not one policy is going to be able to crack the glass ceiling, but lots of little things can actually come together and even crack a concrete ceiling. But the time to act is not, it's now. It's not 2030, it's not 2050. Yes. Uh, and I guess at a personal level, as human beings, um, we need to educate the girls and we need to make them financially independent, right? Sometimes I regret not having daughters. I have two sons, but other times I think it's a good thing, Kojo, because I tell you, otherwise they will be breathing fire. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, on the point of education that I, I mean, I was going to go to that, uh, you know, as you know, as part of your key, um, uh, you know, proposals. Now, you, you would also realize that across the region, it, it's uneven. You know, we, we, we all acknowledge the fact that uh, you know it, it, it's a major challenge but if you come to africa you know some you know, you know some part of southeast asia you know etc uh, the challenges or the problems of you know women face now is different from europe or uh, americas how how do you intend to you know be able to sometimes get to to the you know grassroots level in terms of their issues uh, which you know, some are better than some. And again, you know, often than not, we realize that we have you know, big associations. They are aligning with, you know, the, the popular ones. But if you want to go down to, for example, in Africa and, you know, uh, say, for example, Southeast Asia, what are some of the challenges that are unique that you may possibly think about maybe putting forward something which is which they can identify with? Sure. You know, I, I would say let's step up as the public sector, private sector, and more importantly, or most importantly, as leaders and as individuals, right? One of the key things that need to happen um, at a public sector level is really, you know, you acknowledging that there is a problem is not good enough. We need to see things translate into regulation and legislation. That's from a public sector perspective. The government's role, especially in um, in frontier markets, be it in Africa, Southeast Asia, or other parts of the world, from a private sector, we need more leaders really treating gender diversity as a business imperative. You know, don't don't talk about it as if it's a good thing to do. It is okay. it is a matter of business survival. So that's from a private sector and we need more leaders to really speak about this problem, right? Because silence, Kojo, is often a misused privilege. Um, so we need leaders to be really openly talking about this problem. And third, at an individual level, and that's for boys and girls, but most importantly for the girls, do not lose patience and do not quit. Instead, be prepared. Uh, the little girls who are listening in Africa, be prepared to rewrite the rules. Be prepared to persist and persevere a lot more than your sisters will do in Europe, US or other parts of the world and just keep smashing against the glass ceiling. We also have to be aware of, you know, the fact that as girls, as women, we tend to seek a lot of approval and doubt ourselves. Really, it's your job to love yourself, not your bosses, not your teams, not even your families. So to every girl listening in, I would say you're enough as you are if you love yourself first before anything else everything else will fall into place and finally i know it's odd but 
I always say date widely, but marry wisely or partner up wisely. Um, who you marry or partner with is the single most important career decision you will make. Not a personal decision, career decision. So find someone who wants an equal relationship and stay clear of anyone who doesn't want or doesn't encourage your achievements. I always say it's sometimes better to have no man than a not supportive man. I know controversial, but true. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> against the backdrop of, and, and with all the effort that some of these women are, are making, uh, how do we uh, solve the issue of culture, of religion? You know, sometimes where it, it's apparent that it's, an, uh, it, it's, a, it's a bottleneck to, you know, ensuring that uh, women get equal opportunity to be able to also uh, be heard. How do we, you know, yeah. deal with that, uh, uh, you know, situation and have a, a fine balance? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's an, I love this question because, you see, <laughs> what you're saying is effectively how do we, and it's true because how do we, and how do we start questioning the traditional gender roles because really everything starts with it think about it right the first default belief is if you have to be a top brass or a top ceo uh, the assumption is you will be male the assumption is you will be married to a homemaker or if you're a woman ceo the assumption is you will not be married or married but without kids right having a family and a fulfilling career does not have to be mutually exclusive and no man or woman should have to make that choice because you can have both and you should have both but this does mean that we need men stepping up a lot more and taking the caregiver role a lot more, right? Um, and I also see, I think there is a role men play here, Kojo, because uh, I see this with a lot of leaders I spoke to as part of the research and um, the vast majority are male CEOs, no surprises there, but a lot of them realize that we need change and they think there's, they agree that there is a problem, but that's not good enough, right? I think it's also important to address this idea of culture and which is also sometimes in my opinion it's a culture of muddled masculinity right and a lot of male leaders face it sometimes i find men don't know what to do should they say something would that make them an asshole or should they keep quiet would that make them an asshole you know and what is the level or what is the barrier that they have to pass or not look people are not bad most behaviors originate from ignorance and in my opinion of all the men out there, I would say one third are completely ignorant. One third are your allies, your, your you know, who, who are with you. And one third are change makers. And we really need to take people away from ignorance and move them along the scale. So if we move the allies to change makers and we move the ignorant to the allies, I think we will see a big, massive change in, um, in culture. And finally, as I said, let's not underestimate the role of men because we need more men stepping up. We need more men speaking out, both when they see leadership potential in women and when they notice something which is not right. Okay, now uh, finally, let's... Uh, Let's 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 have a sneak peek into the third report next week, I think, or next month uh, in aviation. Uh, can you shed light on that ahead of the release of sure. that report? Sure. As you know, we have um, uh, released two of them uh, at this point in time, uh, which is um, hotels, casinos, entertainment companies. And the second one, which is cruise and um, um, the um, OTA sector. Um, we are, the third report is going to be about aviation, which 
will have data from about 50 publicly listed airlines and about close to 18, um, if I remember correctly, um, publicly listed airports. So these are the largest companies in the world um, in aviation. Um, and it's fascinating, interesting findings, I would say. I mean, um, it's also interesting to see how things uh, compare from a sector perspective. So uh, because progress is not clearly equal across the sectors, right? So as an example, if we take the percentage of women on boards of publicly listed companies, hotels show the biggest representation because they have about 28% women on boards. OTAs have 26%, airports have 24%, cruise liners have 22 Casino and entertainment companies have 21% women on boards, while airlines are lagging in that set with about 19% women on boards. Um, it's different when it comes to C-suite CEOs and chairs, but you will see all of that when we release next week. Oh, great. I mean, the, the, the good thing about the report is that you also give some of the wins that uh, uh, the industry is making or women are making in, you know, in those industries. So it's not all bleak. But again, I mean, there's, there's a lot more that can be done. Thank you so much, Arana, and I look forward to reading the reports and you know sharing with our listeners and uh, readers. Thank you very much for having me, Kojo, and you're absolutely right. There's loads of good news that we can take from the reports. The progress that we've seen in recent years um, has been, I think, unprecedented, and um, hope we see more of that in the future. Thank you again for having me. No, thank